Hey everybody, welcome. It's time for Atomic Radio Hour, the post-nuclear podcast. I'm your host, Vince. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the program. Today's episode is brought to you by the Patreon. Link in the description below to the Patreon. If you'd like to check that out and make the show a little bit bigger, a little bit better, a little bit faster, harder, stronger, go ahead and give that a look-see. Some things I want to talk about today. Welcome to week three of Monster Month! The month of monsters. Welcome. I have a fun one today for you. Some things we got to talk about. First off, I'd like to just start, just get right on into it, with the fact that Pete Hines has left Bethesda. According to this this tweet that he put out, I have a, the tweet in front of me. It says, After 24 years, I've decided that my time at Bethesda Softworks has come to an end. I retire and begin a new exciting chapter of my life, exploring interests and passions, donating my time where I can, and taking more time to enjoy life. This is not a decision I came to easily or quickly, but after an amazing career culminating in an incredible launch of Starfield, it feels like the time is right. This is certainly not goodbye by any means. My love of Bethesda and its people have never wavered, and I will never stop being a part of this incredible community. We have grown. Thank you to the hundreds of thousands of fans I've gotten to meet and talk to over the past 24 years. Your energy, creativity, and support have been such a big part of your journey. I look forward to experiencing the next part of of the adventure alongside you. Working with the amazing people, team, and studio at Bethesda has been the greatest experience of my life, and I'm incredibly pl- proud of everything that we have done together, and I'm genuinely excited to see the amazing things we will create next. Love you guys. Pete. So, for those who don't know, for those who haven't been around since a very long time ago, we used to have a segment on the show called Tweet Hines, where we would tweet at Pete and ask him various questions. I don't remember how the segment even got started other than we wanted to know more about 76. And I remember Pete Hines being a big deal on Twitter for the Fallout community because he would interact a lot. And then 76 comes out and we stopped hearing from him a lot. And I think he just kind of was taking it. And I mean taking it in the sense of he was constantly like, what about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Fallout 4 was a big game. For a lot of people, it's their introduction to the series and they love it. It's fine. And that's fine for them, but he took the brunt of the problems from 70, like a a huge brunt of the problems from 76. I remember seeing a lot of tweets at him. And ever since then, he kind of stepped away and Starfield came out and I feel like I see, I see either tens or zeros. Like I never see the middle. Like I feel like I'm only saying this is the best game I've ever played or this could have been better. But anyway, he decides, okay, it's time for me to step away. Um, and from the way I read that, from the way that reads, it reads very much as it was like not on bad terms, no bad blood. They also just got bought out by Microsoft a few years ago. So he probably is walking away with a huge check. Bobby Kotick is, is going to be at Microsoft, I think to the end of the year. So another big fat stinky check for him that when he walks away, he's going to make more money than like anybody's ever made off of video game. But Pete Hines is in a nice position he's going to make quite a bit of money. And, you know, he doesn't seem like a tremendously old fella. I would assume that he's in his latest, his 50s, mid-50s at most, and, you know, he gets to walk into the sunset. I guess good for him. Bethesda had an official announcement 
It says, Pete Hines, SVP, head of publishing for Bethesda Softworks, has announced his decision to retire. Pete's public presence was only a small part of his role at Bethesda. Although the way he represented us carries over into the values he nurtured here, authenticity, integrity, and passion. His contributions have been integral into building Bethesda and its family of studios into the world-class organization that it is today. His vision helped push us forward and his hard work inspired us. We're thankful for 24 years of leadership and wish him the best in this next chapter. We'll miss you, Pete. Now, if you've been here for a minute, I remember this especially with Fallout 4, um, Fallout 76, a lot of the big Bethesda games, I maybe Skyrim? I don't know if there was one for Skyrim. If there was, I'm not sure. Uh, but I remember all the big Bethesda games would come out and Pete would tweet out a little doctor's note that was like, Dr. Pete Hines, or whatever, just like, you have the day off of school or work or what have you. Bethesda did their own little thing, and this is why I think it wasn't on bad terms. To whom it may concern, please excuse Pete Hines from work. After devoting so much of his time, love, and care to Bethesda, we are prescribing him ongoing treatment in the form of the following. Lots of game gaming, devoting care and affection to his foster pups, keeping a few, card collecting in all forms, MLS, USA, MTG, having fun with friends in the community, and of course, more games. Signed, Bethesda. Head Doctors of Gratitude. It's They didn't need to do it. It's very much a PR move. Like, hey guys, look at us. We're humans. But it was cool, and it made me think that he just was leaving because it was just time for him to walk away. 24 years to do something is an incredibly long time. If you start when you're 24, he would be 50, like I said. So I'm assuming he's about that age. I doubt he's done working. Like, Reggie fils went from, I think, like, Subway to Nintendo, left Nintendo and is now somewhere else doing, like, what he was doing for another company. So it's not like he's going to be done working. If anything, now he's going to work for, like, another 10 years and then truly retire. But... You know, he's been a person who is at the forefront of a community. He would take tweets about... I mean, the way I became friendly with Mrs. E, the streamer, is because she tweeted how she wanted the old, the pre-war bonnet in 76 and how Pete High... I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story right now, five years later. I saw that she had tweeted at him and I didn't... I wasn't familiar with her stuff, but I saw that she tweeted him and I went, okay, you got counsel with Pete Hines. How do I like build this joke up from here? How do I take the smallest little modicum of a joke and turn it into something more? And you know, it became a thing for a while. Like people were like, oh, you old school bonnet, the pre-war bonnet. I don't know why I want to say old school bonnet, pre-war bonnet, pre-war bonnet, pre-war bonnet. And you know, we became friendly through that way. And it's because of the small interaction with Pete. We also, like I said, had Tweet Hines, where we would tweet at Pete Hines. And it's just, you know, all balls must stop rolling, or whatever the Psychonauts 2 quote is. Like, everything comes to an end. All good things come to an end. To an end. Everybody to an end. stop the presses. It's me from Thursday, the day after I recorded whatever's behind me. Look, gotta be real quick. I don't know how this slipped my mind. I must just be exhausted as usual. But, 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 but. This comes out on the 21st, I believe, which means the Monday after is Great War Day, the day that the bombs drop in Fallout. And a lot of speculation has been going on as to what is going to happen. There was the recent leaks about the uh, Fallout TV show for Amazon that had come out that we saw a trailer that got leaked. And from just the screenshots I saw, I tried not to see anything about it, but just the screenshots that I saw, it looked amazing. The power armor looked fantastic. 
there was the leaks that we might be getting a Fallout 3 remake remaster. I'm ex I'm really excited to see what this is. Uh, I want would like to do something based on whatever happens. It's, you know, Great War Day. I would like to do something in honor of it. I would like to celebrate in whatever way Bethesda chooses to celebrate. They're working with a ton of momentum right now. They're dealing with Starfield. 76 has a new promising thing coming out. It's exciting to see what they could be doing. I just wanted to bring this up quick. Uh, I forgot to talk about it. I don't know how the hell I forgot to talk about it, but I did. So I'm recording. See, I got my, got my Wu-Tang shirt on today. Wu-Tang. And I, for the children, I just wanted to talk about it quick. Didn't want to forget it. Uh, a lot of exciting things coming up soon in the Fallout universe, especially if you plan on going to Las Vegas sometime soon. Either way, uh, enjoy the rest of the show. The lore is super fun, and I'm a big fan of it. Love you. Enjoy the rest. Here, uh, back to whatever I was saying prior. Take it away, so me. Like I said Thank at you. the top of the program, it's Monster Month. The month of monsters. And what I do every monster month is I go into a monster of some sort, be it a person, a group, a mutation, something, from the Fallout series, and I talk a little bit in depth about it. And I'd like to talk about this week's lore, this week's monster month segment, but I have to talk about the Patreon real, real quick. If you like the show in any capacity, you can become part of the Patreon and help it grow and become a little bit bigger and a little bit better. There's a link in the description below to the Patreon. There's some people that I'll be thanking in a moment, but there are a bunch of tiers on there from the $1 tier to the $10 tier. And in any tier, your voice is heard when it comes time to choose the week's lore. And if you're at the $10 tier, you can listen to these episodes be recorded live. The Film Live for a Studio Audience tier exists where you can watch these episodes every Wednesday, get recorded live, and we can hang out and have a good old time. So some people I have to thank who keep the lights on here. I recently paid the podcast subscription so I can put everything on podcasting platforms and it was pretty much entirely paid by the Patreon. So starting from the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, I have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. After Marcus, I have to thank Mellow Millhouse. Thank you to Mellow Millhouse. And last, but certainly not least, I have to thank Captain Lennox. Thank you to Captain Lennox, because if you guys, like I said, the show can continue to grow and get bigger and better. So this week for Monster Month, I went onto the Patreon and I put in the poll like I usually do. Who do you want to hear about more? Two groups of people that wage war. Two, pe two groups of people that monger something. They monger fear in the sense of potential, they monger weapons, they monger ammo. They, they, they all do this. They all supply death, more or less. And, you know, there's something to be said about someone who goes out and attacks somebody, and then there's something to be said about somebody who is the person supplying the material to do the attacking. So I asked, would you rather hear about Mick and Ralph from Fallout New Vegas or Flack and Shrapnel from Fallout 3? So if you'd like to hear any lore, and I mean any lore whatsoever, consider checking out the Patreon. Because even at the $1 tier, uh, your voice is heard all the way from the $1 to the $10 tier. Your voice is heard when it comes time, when I put the poll up every single week to hear what you guys want to hear from the lore. And this week's lore, coming to us by way of Patreon is on Flack and Shrapnel from Fallout 3. 
A partnership between two men in the Capital Wasteland, running flak and shrapnels, a store in Rivet City selling weapons and ammo. Now, here's something that I didn't know and thought was incredibly interesting. Flak and shrapnel are gay. Flak is. Shrapnel's actually a bisexual. Doesn't mean he's any less gay, he's in a gay relationship, but I had no clue. Uh... I feel like this might have been common knowledge for a ton of folks. This is completely new to me, and I've played this game for 2,000 hours. I have never been in their room. I didn't realize they only had one bed. I never once thought these are two bros that bone. Apparently, this is common knowledge. Like I said, never once did I ever think, hmm, hey, these guys are getting busy. I don't know why I just never put two and two together. It's actually, uh, like... A celebrated thing of just being normalized homosexuality. It's not like, I am gay and that's my entire character because I'm on a Netflix show. It's very much, these are two gay dudes. These are two men that love men hanging out, doing what they have to do, living normal lives. There's a ton of gay representation in uh, Fallout. Fallout 2 is the first Western-sold game to include same-sex marriage. There's a ton of queer characters, some being Tandy, uh, Arcade Ganon, Veronica Santagello, a bunch of people. Uh, every, technically, all of the companions from Fallout 4 bisexual, because you can sleep with all of them, doesn't matter on your uh, gender. And also Tim Kaine, the man who invented Fallout, like the head guy, it's like him and two other people, is a gay man. So I think it's cool that this is just two characters that are normal characters and they have this about them and I had no clue this about them 15 years later, 2,000 plus hours. Flack and Shrapnels, the store was founded sometime after Flack left the slaving lifestyle and left Paradise Falls on bad terms. Now let's talk a little bit about Flack because like I said, he is a former slaver. Flack, born around 2227, a 50-year-old man. This is the same age as Shrapnel as well, but we're on Flack right now. Not as aggressive as Shrapnel, and he used to be a slaver in his younger days. Would buy and sell humans, and would run security for slaving parties. So this is a man, a dangerous man, who surrounds himself with weapons, who understands the way a gun works. The way I read it off the wiki, and I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com, the way I read it off the wiki was very much, he is a man who understands the inner workings of a gun better than he understands, like, the inner workings of any person he's ever met. Like, people don't make sense to him. Guns do. That's very much the way I read it, in the sense where, like, Shrapnel doesn't care about one or the other. He just does things as an ends to a means. Because of him abandoning Paradise Falls and the slaver lifestyle, he has a pretty large contract on his head. In the quest Strictly Business, uh, the slaver Grouse, who's the guy outside of Paradise Falls, will say he wants you to put a collar on his neck. It's actually one of the only times that I know of them being referred to openly as gay. Uh, one of them, one of the times I should say, and it's kind of in a derogatory sense, Grouse can say, how the hell did you get old Queen Flack into that collar? In the sense of, you have to go put collars on these people. There's something else I'd like to say about how dangerous of a man, 
how calculatedly dangerous of a man Flack is, or seems, comes off. After he left slaving, he opened Flack and Shrapnels and operated it for years. He's a practical man who isn't afraid of death and dying. He knows all of the tricks. He's a man who's been around. He's 50. He's, he's been a slaver. He's done nefarious things to get by in life. One of the things that he's done is if you ask him about any of the weapons that he has on the counter at Flack and Shrapnels, he'll tell you, these. this is garbage. Like, if you steal, not only have you stolen and then taken away the ability to buy things from them, them being one of the more prosperous provisioners in the wastes, they have good supplies, Flack can repair things, You've stolen from them, you've stolen garbage. You've stolen a gun that is going to jam, it is going to stop working soon. It's a smart move. It's not a move that I would have ever thought of. It's a, just a smart move. Because of his approach to business, he doesn't like to push any of his wares onto the customers. He gives them their space, and because of this, they've seen massive turnover. It's not directly said on the wiki, but I very much took it as Flack and Shrapnel is the probably second highest generator of income for Rivet City's economy. It's probably them and the Muddy Rudder, because everybody needs to drink. Because I can get a cigarette at the bar and smoke and drink. So I forget about my pain, and I'm also not hungry for a little while because I'm smoking a cigarette. Then I go, I'm a little liquored up, I go up to Flack and Shrapnels and I buy a little more ammo or a nice shiny gun that I maybe can't afford, but hey, it's nice to have. He's a sh very straightforward attitude towards everyone in Rivet City, but he keeps everyone except for Shrap Shrapnel at an arm's length. He doesn't want people near him, he doesn't need people near him. This is also a man who grew up in a wasteland doing, like I said, nefarious stuff, and you learn to keep people at a distance. And he's fat. There's actually like a beautiful love story here. These are two awful men. <laughs> one a former raider, one a former slaver, who came together, fell in love with each other, presumably, and just, just decided, hey, we don't need to necessarily be the way that we are, but you know, there's a trauma, there's, there's a a way of living now that you're so used to a certain way of life in the wasteland. So they kind of live with each other and do domestics and enjoy each other's company and love each other, presumably, but they also have to live with the trauma of living in a wasteland, a destroyed wasteland. I, I think it's beautiful. Like I think it's a great story. It's also Flack is Flack is such a such a a feared individual that he never once kept his homosexuality a secret. Like, it was open. He was not ashamed of it. He was not to be picked on for it. He was not to be made fun of. And nobody gave, like, paid it any attention. Because, and I'm not saying this is, this is how the world of Fallout is or isn't, but even if they were to say something about him being a gay man, he was so, so feared, so brutally feared that they were just like, do not say anything. He can have relations with whoever he chooses out of everybody in rivet city other than shrapnel the only person that he really has a soft spot for is trini who is a prostitute in rivet city so that's one half of flack and shrapnel let's talk about shrapnel a fierce former raider who has seemed to settle down but can never quite settle down. He and Flack both run Flack and Shrapnel's shop together. He still has the temper and the demeanor of a younger raider, and it made me think when I was writing this, how much 
is it nurture versus nature, right? So how much is it, I'm born a raider, I will die a raider. And how much of it is, I was born into this, I was molded by this, and now I can't seem to escape this. And it's just what works for me. It's so hard to admit I was wrong. It's so hard to say sorry. It's so hard to say maybe the things that we were taught are wrong, but the people who taught it to us are people that we love and respect. And it's hard to acknowledge that the people that we love and respect have faults. You know what I'm saying? How, maybe I'm just applying too much like headcan and too much thought to a 15 year old game to this, but how much is this of him being like, I can't stop this. And how much is the other half of him going? Yeah, no, this is the way I am. Just, just, I want blood and sinew for dinner. Flack has asked Shrapnel to at least be a little more pleasant, a little more positive to others. And he begrudgingly tries but uh, like every good raider, like every good man in the wasteland, he has to have some sort of a vice, and shrapnel falls, falls ill to the disease of alcoholism. He drinks at the Muddy Rudder, the Rivet City Bar, and he binge drinks while he is there. If you catch him while he's down there, you can hear him order a whiskey straight. Just whiskey. No ice, no water, no nothing. He's a man who... I feel like they gave Flack a little more backstory. I feel like Flack and Shrapnel's backstories are just kind of entwined because they're a couple. Uh, but Shrapnel very much feels like a man who is just trying to get by and found an out so he didn't have to live in constant fear. But he still doesn't want to be around people. He's still violent. He Out of Flack and Shrapnel, I'm, you know what? Now that I think about it, I think I've interacted more with Flack than I have with Shrapnel. He's there. He is there to keep a presence. He he is their bodyguard and their salesman. And I love this couple, man. I really do. I never knew that they were I never knew that they were dudes who love dudes. I never knew that they were gay. I think it's even cooler that I found out 15 years later that they're gay. I love their story. I think it's fantastic. Both he and Flack have very violent, dark pasts and prefer not to talk about it. I could understand that. I can absolutely understand that. There comes a point where you have to turn your brain off and not think of what has happened to you. Maybe that's why he drinks. Maybe. I'm not saying it's right, but maybe that's what, what happens. He's also a raider, and they kind of just live off of sex and drugs and caps and ammo. But... Like I said earlier, he is a bisexual man, and he spent one night with Trini, the prostitute in Rivet City, and uh, regrets it, completely regrets it, hated it, did not enjoy himself, and Shrapnel kind of gives him some shit about it, and uh, Trini will, you know, always hound him for drinks, and Flack will wind up buying them for her. Flack and Shrapnel are one of the only merchants in the entire game that have a constant supply of mini nukes and every three days their inventory replenishes where you can get a new one they're super cool i love them i love that they're just there i love that they are just we are to ourselves i never like i said never once knew that they were gay the entire time i've been playing this game they're fixtures in my mind of the wasteland when i think of capital wasteland i think of rivet city i think of flack and trap more than i think of any other shop even the Muddy Rudder to an extent. I think I think I think Flack and Shrapnel before that. Super cool. I think they're great for Monster Month. I uh, thank you for sticking around because that is this week's lore. 
Hey everybody, welcome to segment three. There is something I need to talk about. You might know that I like big giant monster movies. I've, I've liked them since I'm like four. Uh, I saw Kong Skull Island recently and it rips and uh, very much a fan of all the MonsterVerse stuff. It's like the only cinematic universe that and like any Kevin Smith movie that I'm okay with. And there is a game out currently. I don't know the full name of it. It's something like Kong Skull Island or like... It looks like the most shovel. I'm going to put it behind me. Like, I'm going to put something behind me. I don't know what it is. Something that's, like, about this game. It looks like the most shovelware, like, we wear just piece of garbage I've, like, ever seen in a modern sense. I actually was in a GameStop recently and saw it and didn't even know it came out for 35 bucks and i was like i want to wait i know this game is either going to be like incredibly expensive at one point or i'm going to see it again for like 10 to 15 bucks in like two three weeks and i'm gonna get it it's like i can't whatever is behind me like i'm i'm not like i'll give credit to whoever i took some of this this play from i know one of the vine sauce guys did it recently but like whatever is here i, I is from someone else i don't own the game i don't plan on buying it right now but like this like Kyle sent me the trailer for it and I watched it. I was like, oh that's neat. Like, you know, a Monsterverse uh a Monsterverse game. Cool. You know, we get to see King Kong do some Kong stuff. Kongathon. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. And like the scaling's off. It feels like an iPad game. It feels like a like like I don't mean this in a derogatory sense, and I feel like if you hear what I'm about to say, you're gonna know exactly what I mean. It feels like a Chinese iPhone game. Like just something that was made to be made and put out and like it's beautiful. It's so, like, it's a joke, man. Like whatever's behind me is a joke. Like, it's just not, it's just not, it's, it's so good. Like this looks like my version of Gollum. Cause I don't care about Lord of the Rings. I, I don't know why it's never appealed to me, but like this big monkey, like one of the cutscenes is like JPEGs and like noises. Like it's a slideshow. Like it really seems like something they put together in 10 minutes and shipped out the door. And I really want to play it. If I honestly, like, I'm afraid that I won't be able to find it again. And I prefer physical games over digital. And I might just buy it next time I see it. It look, it's it like, look at this. Well, which way do I go? Look at this. It's like, I don't know anything about it. I refuse to watch anything on it because I want to go into completely blind. If it's like 30, 20, 20 bucks, like if I honestly, if I went into a GameStop tomorrow and saw it for 20 bucks, even though I saw it for $20 used, I would grab that game so fast. It could be our generation Shaq Fu from everything I've seen about it. It's, it's fantastic. I don't know if you guys saw it. I just like Big Monkey and I don't know if, if anybody else likes the Big Monkey and it just made me think about it. That's pretty much everything I have for you guys this week. Thanks for sticking around. My name has been Vince. The show has been Atomic Radio Hour, episode 276. If you like the show, there's a link in the description to the Patreon to check out. You can support it a little bit if you'd like. If you like the intro music, it's by the one and only Shane Ivers, where you can get all of his music at slithermansounds.com slash free music, where the intro song is called Feather Duster. Uh, there's a link in the description to my Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, the show's Twitter. There's also a link to the red bubble down there. Go ahead and give that a look-see. There's a bunch of designs on there that I and somebody else have designed, and you can buy them and support the show in a smaller monetary way. It's really all I have for you this week, guys. I love you, and I'll be seeing you next week. Be safe. Bye, everyone. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. This is
been a production made by your friends at Gulman Entertainment.